it wasn't a big surprise to me. It was just about getting my name called. <laughs> Howdy and welcome back to the Wild Sports Podcast. I am your host, David Graff. Joined alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Munoz. We have a fantastic episode on deck for you. Come back after a little hiatus here. Sorry about the hiatus. You know, work, things get in the way. A lot of high school sporting events to cover. So excited to be back talking a lot of NFL draft today. Honestly, entirely NFL draft. We did mock drafts for the Buffalo Bills and the Denver Broncos, respectively. Robert and I will share those results like we did last year when we both did the Denver Broncos. And then we're going to be joined by former UW wide receiver and former second-round NFL draft pick Ryan Yarborough to talk about his draft day experience. What was it like for him? getting nabbed in the second round by the New York Jets once upon a time. So we were really happy to have him. Always love his energy. Just as Robert said after the interview, great vibes come from being around Ryan Yarbrough. So we really appreciate his time. And then we'll wrap up the podcast. We'll get you on your way. And you can enjoy the NFL draft on your television, on the internets, whatever, however you're going to enjoy the NFL draft this weekend. So, but first, Robert, how are you doing, buddy? Doing well, as always, Mr. Graff. Um, another day in paradise. Excited for some some warm weather. Um, be able to cover some sports when it's not freezing and the sports aren't getting postponed consistently, constantly. But that's, uh, that's spring in Wyoming, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, it's a it is paradise, dude. I've seen multiple people out wearing shorts today. Like out walking around with shorts and they're not even like their teeth aren't chattering cuz they're just like that guy who's wearing shorts cuz they're going to wear shorts. They're wearing shorts cuz it's that nice outside. So it's it's truly incredible what is happening with the weather right now. Let's jump in to these mock drafts. All right. I haven't been paying as much attention as I should be to the NFL mock drafts leading up to this. I did a mock draft simulator, profootballnetwork.com's mock draft simulator for the Buffalo Bills. The Bills have the 30th pick in the first round. And then Robert, you did the Denver Broncos. So who do you want who do you want to go first here? Well, uh Ninth overall pick to Denver Broncos. I could go first. You know, we can go in order. Yeah, let's let's go back and forth here. Let's do that. Let's do that. Sounds good. Um, so I was greeted with a couple of trade proposals, and I did take one um, from the Arizona Cardinals, and I traded the ninth overall pick for the sixteenth overall pick, the forty ninth overall pick, and a 2022 third round pick from the Cardinals. And with that 16th pick, um, I, I, I was hoping it would happen. It did happen. I had a feeling it would happen. And Rashawn 
Slater was still available there at number 16. So, uh, I had to grab, I had to grab him. I had to grab him. Need him that right side of the line. Compliment Garrett Bowles after his tremendous season last year. Definitely, uh, blew a lot of people away, uh, surpassed his expectations or people's expectations for, for Bowles. So, it, uh, took Slater, former, uh, Reggie, Sl- former UW basketball star, Reggie Slater, his son, coming coming to play for the Broncos, and uh, we'll see who he's going to be protecting. Yeah, it doesn't get much more poetic than that. Yes, I should have added that caveat. This mock draft simulator on Pro Football Network has aggressive traits that are mixed in here. Aggressive. Uh, at 30, I had plenty of opportunities to trade out of 30 as the Buffalo Bills, but I went and got someone to compliment Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, Jacob Hollister, Dawson Knox, all those playmakers. Give me Travis Etienne. We all know what he's capable of. The dynamic running back out of Clemson may or may not have hurt his stock going back for his senior year, but it seems like He's soaring up the draft board, so I'd be really surprised if he's even there at 30. A lot of t- a lot of chatter going around that the Bills are going to have to trade up just to, just to lock down ETN. So that was the pick at 30 for the Bills. And just going back to my Denver Broncos pick, um, all, I, I, I think all the quarterbacks are going to be gone at that time. Uh, the top four quarterbacks, I should say. Fields, Lance, Jones, Wilson or five quarterbacks, I guess, and uh, Lawrence, obviously. But the Broncos got Teddy Bridgewater today, so who knows? Uh, I still think Drew Locke is going to get another opportunity to prove himself. So we'll see. But the Broncos' uh, 40th pick, I was also greeted with, as David said, aggressive trade proposals. And the Browns offered me the 47th overall pick and a 2022 second round pick for the 40th overall pick. So uh, at number 47, the Broncos drafted Baron Browning linebacker from Ohio state, a dynamic guy um, in the Buckeyes defense last year. He uh, he's big, he's strong and he's one of those. uh, I mean, he's just explosive. So, I think he'd be great. Broncos need a, I mean, they could use a solid linebacker, so that's there. Not a bad play. Not a bad play. We'll see what happens with Mr. Locke in the quarterback room in Denver. It'll certainly be interesting and probably change a bunch between now and week 18 of next season. I went offensive line for the Buffalo Bills at number 61, Dylan Raddance from North Dakota State. Uh, help protect Trey Lance there in Fargo. And now in this scenario, he'll get to protect Josh Allen, who's the one on the emotional tearjerker commercial where Josh Allen is like, don't listen to the doubters, man. It's all you. You control your destiny trying to motivate Trey Lance, which um, there's not really a whole lot in common other than they were both coached by two schools that Craig Bull used is and was at. 
Great choice. Uh, I also didn't compliment your ETN pick. I forgot. Um, I like that. I like that a lot. It's it, I like ETN. You were overwhelmed yeah. by trade offers, so you forgot. Yeah, I was. You're right. But going back to the 49th pick uh, that I received from the Cleveland Browns, General Patton chooses Javon Holland, safety from Oregon. Broncos could use another guy in the secondary. Um, and Holland, he uh, he – he he hasn't reached his potential yet, and I mean, we'll see if the Broncos can can uh, develop him and get him get him playing where he needs to be. Great ball skills, so we'll we'll see what's there for that that guy. Where was the next Broncos pick? My next Broncos pick is at seventy one. All right, I'll let you go because the next Buffalo Bills pick is ninety three. Perfect, seventy one. Um. Broncos need a little bit of depth down there, maybe even a starter uh, in the trenches. So, out of Louisiana Tech, Milton Williams was available at that at that selection, and uh, you know he's been he's been improving consistently over his career. So he's coming in, and uh, he's going to continue to improve, and he's going to have a breakout first year for the team. Hey, man, you never know. These late-round picks, anything could happen. That's why after 93 here, I'll just give you the highlights. The Broncos have – or the Bills have five picks after their first and second-round pick, seven rounds. I guess it adds up that way. Tylen Wallace is who I went with at 93. Tylen Wallace is a stud, absolute beast catching the football. He high points the football like no other. I think the only route he knows how to run is a fade. So give that, put that in the bag for Josh Allen. He can hit Stefan Diggs anywhere on the field. He can hit Cole Beasley underneath and Tylen Wallace, just fade him just all day, all day fades to Tylen Wallace. So then I'll just I'll, I'll rattle off the rest of these guys here really quickly. I, I chose Jonathan Marshall, a defensive tackle out of Arkansas, Woo Pig Suey. He's a, he's a maniac up front. That he's just a big big man, just a large man. Then I went back. You can never have enough offensive linemen. Michael Mennett out of Penn State, and then the last two picks. This one, this one's going to maybe give a little heartburn to Wyoming fans. Avery Williams, just a dynamite player with the ball in his hand. Technically, he's a cornerback. Chose him at 213. And then anytime you can draft an edge rusher out of the University of Georgia, I think you just do that. It, it doesn't matter what their name is or who they are. Malik Herring is who the name is in this scenario. That was my final pick for the Bills. What about you, Robert? Tell me tell me what you got left. You got a whole war chest of picks to go here. No, not too many picks left. I think uh, four, four picks, five picks. Uh, Dylan Moses, linebacker, Alabama. Got him at number 97, um, filling up 
filling up that defense there for the Broncos. And Dylan Moses is an athlete out there. And SEC boy, he's he's a big boy and he's uh, making plays. And at 114, potentially the Broncos' future quarterback comes into play. Um, Kyle Trask from Florida. We know Patton, Patton, uh, it was reported Patton, George Patton, new Broncos general manager, has the green light. He's he's making all the calls, but that doesn't diminish John Elway's influence on his decisions. And Elway likes those tall quarterbacks. So six foot five Kyle Trask coming in to the Broncos at selection one fourteen. And the Broncos needed a running back. So 152, I got Khalil Herbert, running back, Virginia Tech. Um, he had a breakout season last year for Virginia Tech after being a backup for Kansas. So um, good to see that. He, he has potential. And Philip Lindsay is gone. Um, sad to see. Thanks for uh, thanks for the time, Philip. But – Melvin Gordon's gonna Melvin Gordon's gonna be back there. We'll see. I don't know. He's getting old, and he's. I don't think he's he's he always gets injured. I don't think he's played a full season. Maybe I could be wrong, but Gordon's always getting injured. So he's gonna need some depth there in the backfield behind Locke Trask. Who knows? And uh, at one ninety one, my final pick. That I'll discuss. Kerry Vincent Jr., cornerback from LSU, another SEC guy. Um, he's a great athlete, great ball skills, and the Broncos uh, need a another Will Parks guy who can play in the nickel and move around. And Vincent Jr. has that ability to, I mean, just make plays at uh, all over the field. So, yes, yeah, solid selections. Can't can't really go wrong, honestly. It's it's buying lotto tickets after in all of these rounds. Actually, all of them. There are no locks guaranteed in any of this, but you never know who you might find. And Kyle Trask is a good quarterback. You uh, he you add him to that quarterback room. You never know what could happen. He although he does remind me a lot of Drew Lock, which just makes me sad. Makes me so sad, but. I can't go wrong. Melvin Gordon, he's only played 16 games one time in his career. He played 15 games last season. I think he missed one because of the DUI or COVID or something like that last year. So who knows? Who knows? It'll be an exciting NFL draft with so many quarterbacks, so much potential movement in the first round. It's going to be sweet. Did you happen as is, is Gordon in his eighth year or seventh year or is is he he's not that old is he? No, he this will be his seventh season coming up. Seventh season, seventh yeah. season. Lucky number seven. Not really when running backs are known to hit their prime. <laughs> oh well, well we talked to a former wide receiver who was in the prime of his life. He celebrated. His 50th birthday on Monday, Ryan Yarborough, good friend of the podcast, great guy, and 
a former second round draft pick of the New York Jets in 1994. So we talked to him about his draft day experience, what it was like entering the NFL, you know, being a professional football player. What's that transition like? It was pretty, pretty cool to learn from Mr. Yarborough and hear about his experience and kind of, it was revealing for somebody to actually just be like, yeah, this whole thing is stressful. It's not, it's not all roses and lily pads. It's, it's stressful. So really appreciate his time. Hope you guys enjoy this interview with Ryan Yarbrough right now. So you were at a Holiday Inn for your NFL draft party. What was it like, you know, that day getting the phone call and you're a member of the NFL? Fortunately, there was another room where I can go and uh, or I can go and lay down because, you know, when I start getting a lot of questions from everybody that I don't have an answer for, it's like I need my space and I need to go relax. So uh, I got a phone call from uh, Mr. Nevertheless, I had got a phone call from uh, from the GM of the Jets at that particular time by a guy by the name of Mr. James Harris. James Harris was the first black quarterback uh, to start in the NFL. He played for the Los Angeles Rams. And uh, when he called me and told me that I was getting drafted by the Jets, I was like, okay, that's cool. No problem. Now I can go and talk to everybody and let them know what, what was going on. But I always tell people that was one of the most stressful times of my life simply for the fact of the unknown, you know, not knowing where you're going, not knowing when you're going to be drafted. I had an idea, um, but until your name gets called, until you get that phone call, there's always speculation. So what what was it like, you know, leading up to that day, training for the draft? I mean, last time we had you on, we talked about how incredible your college career was, but what was it like for you, a kid, you know, coming out of Wyoming and you're like, hey, this NFL thing, it's real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was already prepared for it um, because after my junior year, there was, you know, questions if I was going to leave or not. And uh, long story short, I decided to stay. So I kind of had an idea of what I needed to go through leading up into the draft. But once the football season was over, my senior season, I um, went to the Combine first in Indianapolis, and then I played in the Senior Bowl, okay? And then after the Senior Bowl, I pretty much was on my own. You know, I trained at Wyoming a little bit, but I had an agent at that particular time. And what I did, I went out to San Francisco, well, the Bay Area, put it that particular way. And I was working out with guys like Barry Bonds, Bryant Reed. Me and Bryant Reed are from uh, from the same area, so we had already knew each other. So that's when it got real for me because I'm like, okay, um, I'm about to be professional now. Uh, I had to leave all my guys behind in Wyoming and, you know, go on to my next step. And that was uh, to to get drafted, you know, for what I, what I put in all my hard work for on the field and everything like that. So it was like, okay, everything is coming to fruition now. So 
I have to put in work just like the pros. How difficult was that decision for you to uh, continue playing your senior season? Mm -hmm. It was, it was kind of difficult for me because I was very close with uh, Coach Sumlin, Coach Kevin Sumlin. He was like a big brother to me. And he, he decided to, you know, to move on. And, you know, I was kind of speculating on if I should stay or not. But the guys that I came in with my freshman year um, was, was a focal point on me staying because I knew that we were going to be very good coming into the next season. And we had a chance to win conference and do a lot of other things. And Coach Tiller sat me down and he gave me the pros and the cons of leaving and staying. And, you know, long story short, I just decided to stay with the guys, ride it out. Everything went well. We won conference and, you know, the rest was history. You mentioned Kevin Sumlin, that he's kind of gone on to wider fame than the University of Wyoming. But what was he like back back when he was in Laramie? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, he was a big brother, man. Um, when he came there, he was 27 and I was 19. So we both were young. Uh, we both we both kept each other out of as much trouble as possible. <laughs> I'll put it to you that way. But uh, no, he's, he's a great guy. Uh, we still talk to this day. And, you know, we still pull each other's chains and everything like that. But uh, he's, he's a great guy. And, I, you know, I was happy for him to see him leave. I understood that it was a business, you know, that a lot of guys came to Wyoming and used that as a stepping stone to, you know, to go on to bigger universities or to the pros. Back to you. You're, you were a second-round draft pick out of the University of Wyoming, which is a pretty big deal considering not many guys go early on in the draft. Were you expecting to go that high out of University of Wyoming? Yeah, somewhere roughly around there, late first round, beginning of the second round. So it, was, it wasn't a big surprise to me. It was just about getting my name called, <laughs> you know, because as I said, it's not like it, uh, it's every few minutes, you know, every few seconds they just scroll off names. It's a waiting period, you know. It, it took, I'd be exaggerating if I told you exactly, but I knew it took a few hours, put it that particular way, to get my name called. You know, so it was kind of stressful, like I said. But um, when I get stressed out, I just go somewhere and get get within with self, lay down, relax a little bit, and think about good thoughts. You briefly touched on how someone had an impact on you at University of Wyoming, but through your uh, pro career in New York, Baltimore, who's one guy who kind of le left a lasting impression, maybe in the locker room, on the field? Uh, for you and the pros? Uh, Coach-wise, I've been fortunate enough to have some great coaches. And my coach, there was like a father to me and still, once again, still talk to this day. His name is Richard Mann. And he was a receiver coach for 30, over 30 years in the NFL. And he was, he was a father figure to me because my family – we're from Chicago, but the Yarbroughs originated in Pittsburgh. And that's where he was from. And he had a lot of guidelines and a lot of morals that I grew up with. And one of those was bottom line. You know, he used to get on my nerves sometimes with, hey, you can't take no shortcuts, this, that, and all the other, you know. But 
I appreciated him for that because he got the best out of me, you know, and he made me into a better man as well. Going back to the draft day that day, mm -hmm. you mentioned it was stressful. What, mm -hmm. what was that moment when, you know, your name finally did get called? What was that like? Oh, man, it, it was relief and more so for, for my family, not for me in particular, because I knew I was going to get drafted and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But just for them to be able to go out and have a sense of feeling, you know, that all the support that they gave me has paid off, you know, and because if you know anything about me, I don't do things for self personally. Uh, I take care of my business so I can take care of others. And so that was a relief for me, you know, to finally get called. So now you can go and talk and tell everybody that I got drafted by the Jets and, you know, so on and so forth. <laughs> what was that adjustment like from Laramie to to metropolitan New York? Because I know the Jets are in Jersey, but, you know, what was that like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we just play in Jersey. You know, you, you can live. Well, the facilities at that particular time when I was playing was on Long Island. So by me being from Chicago and going to Laramie, that was a bigger adjustment for me than going from Laramie to New York because I, was, I felt like I was back at home. You know, even though New York is a little faster than Chicago, I was already prepared for New York. And I love the city, obviously, uh, as anyone else might or should. But, you know, just the organization was going through some things at that particular time, just like it is now. So when you get drafted into the NFL, you don't get a choice to uh, pick where you're going like I did with Laramie. So you had to deal with it. If you could have, uh, if you could give one piece of advice to the individuals in this draft class, what would it be? Uh, man, enjoy the experience because it's not like you get drafted every year. Uh, you only get drafted one time in your life. All right. So enjoy the experience regardless of how you feel about what you're going through because you're only 1% of the population and 99, well, I'm not going to say 99%, but put it this way, 99% of the players that aren't getting drafted would love to get drafted. Okay. So enjoy the situation, embrace it and, you know, let other people enjoy it as well because those, because you didn't get there by yourself. I don't care who you are and what you went through. It was always someone, someone that supported you and helped you get to where, you know, to, to the point of being able to get drafted. So enjoy it. That's, that's my one thing to take away from it. Enjoy it and embrace it. I want to wrap it up with what was one moment that kind of stood out to you from the pre-draft process to the NFL draft to you're moving on to the NFL, like, damn, man, this is the NFL. I'm here. What, what was one <laughs> moment that you look back on and just stands out that way? Well, I wouldn't say until, uh, until I strapped it up, you know, actual, well, maybe preseason game, maybe preseason, but until the official season started, you know, because I'm not the type of person that gets hyped up with all the 
hooping and hollering and, you know, all that type of stuff because I have to focus. You know, I had to focus at the position that I played. I had to focus on what I was doing. And uh, until until it hit me, you know, it's like, man, seeing NBC out here, the cameras, everything like that. Like, and it was the 75th year. It was a diamond year. It was my rookie year. So it, seeing that emblem on the field, you know, it's like, man, you know, I'm here. It's time to, time to represent again. You know, time to keep going again. Well, Ryan Yarbrough, University of Wyoming legend, former second-round draft pick of the New York Jets. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for uh, making it happen on a Wednesday here before the NFL draft. Hey, man, anytime y'all need me, just let me know, okay? Because, you know, I'm, I'm ready for you. I stay ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Ryan Yarbrough, legendary UW receiver and former NFL receiver, including a second-round draft pick from the New York Jets, 41st overall. want to wrap up the podcast here. I'll, I'll let Robert fill us in if there's any spring sports stuff that we need to know heading into the weekend. Obviously, the biggest thing going on is going to be the NFL draft. Unfortunately, no pokes are primed to be selected. I guess Craig Bowles, Pro Football Factory, and Laramie—they uh, took the year off. They took a an excused absence for COVID. They're they're sitting this one out, but they'll be back next year. I have no doubt that there will be at least one or two guys from the University of Wyoming selected after this fall's football season. Enjoy the NFL draft. Really appreciate everybody who's been listening to the podcast. We're sorry about the week-long, couple week-long break there. You know, things happen, things get in the way. But we're really excited to get back to the podcast here with Mr. Yarbrough. Really appreciate Ryan and his time. He's always a fantastic interview. Can't wait to have him on again, probably, honestly. And a white white Sox fan. Yeah, and a white Sox fan. Mm. Yeah. Um, Chicago, the White Sox, they're doing all right this year. Uh, better than what people had anticipated. Lucas Giolito, he's, 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 has been underperforming though. I'm a big Giolito fan and he hasn't been doing as well as he should. Yeah. Carlos Rodon had that no hitter near perfect game a few weeks ago. It's a good time to be a White Sox fan. You know, they got, they've got a good squad, good core. Tim Anderson, one of my favorite players in baseball. Luis Robert just mashes it. I, I don't know. Like He's taking my breath away here just thinking about it. Like, I got to – man, he, he, the, when he hits the ball, it just it looks like it hurts, honestly. I no other way to describe it. So, well, really appreciate everybody who's been subscribing to the podcast. Excited to talk to you again next week, probably recap some of the NFL draft stuff if if it gets really exciting. And, uh, you know, getting inching closer and closer to the spring football game. So excited for that as well. It is next Saturday, so we'll probably have Michael Katz on the podcast to talk about that spring game on Saturday. It's everybody's first chance to finally see the pokes after – with, with the new offensive coordinator, actually. So that'll be something to look forward to. 
Really appreciate everybody who's subscribed to the podcast. Please continue to do so. Share it with your friends. Anybody who might like Wyoming sports, I believe this is a great podcast for them. Good fit for them. So really appreciate everybody who's chipped in a few shekels as well. It's very, very helpful. It was painful realizing I didn't get into this game for the money doing my tax return a few weeks ago there. So really appreciate everybody who's chipped in a few bucks for Robert and I to occasionally enjoy a cold Miller light. That always helps. I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Bye.